So we decided to have a brief uh, encounter from time to time just to answer the general questions that some of you may have. If you like to come, you are welcome. If you like to continue your meditation or you just, uh, you just go on as you prefer. So some of you have written some questions and uh, we are trying to, we will try, I will try to, uh, to answer uh, some of them. If all of them are not reply or answered properly, then uh, they will be uh, dealt uh, with uh, later on. Also, if you don't understand when I am talking, it is uh, very important to tell me, just raise your hand or say that the sound is not uh, appropriate. Or if you don't understand some words because of the pronunciation, then also don't hesitate to, uh, to, have, to have me uh, repeat again. So one question here is, uh, what should we report in the interviews with the sadhu? Do you have any advice about what to say or not to say to make the contact with the sadhu most, more, most uh, productive? So the main thing we can tell is that uh, uh, in the interview with the teacher, the best thing is just to be honest. And there is nothing special to, uh, to, to try to... Uh, to, uh, to promote or so if you are just natural that's the best uh, the best thing to uh, you can do and uh, don't try to to please the teacher or uh, try to say something that is not coming from your heart or from your experience so actually there is nothing much that uh, should not be said if you think uh, that uh, something specific has to be dealt with, then you tell, you tell him, and he will not, uh, uh, it will not be inappropriate if you have something that is bothering you or that you want to communicate with him. Don't hesitate about it. about the metta chanting could be the in English from time to time so this uh, yes that it may be a good idea but now uh, we have the we have the sheet there and everything is printed and uh, the Pali also so uh, I don't know if the melody or the the training has been uh, uh, done here, so because uh, to do it in English may uh, ask uh, some uh, some practice. I don't know if this is done normally. If it's not done, then uh, we continue with the Pali. And actually, uh, the the words are very uh, not too many in Pali. So if you learn, you know there is a lot of repetition. So if you learn the basic Pali words you will see that actually Pali is a very beautiful language and it's the English, the, the, the language that was used by the Buddha in these days. So uh, try to connect to, uh, to the words. Words have meanings uh, that are uh, very deep and uh, also the meanings are very often uh, related to sounds. So 
you know, the, the, the Indian language was uh, very uh, related to the, uh, to the emotions that are connected to the meaning. So by uh, reading the Pali, you know, we become more familiar and also by understanding the meaning of the words, then it's much better. So here we don't have too many words and like sabbe satta, sabbe pana, sabbe bhuta. So sabbe means all. And then satta is being, so you just see there is a list and you run, okay. <laughs> because I think also like the, the way you are chanting in the morning is very nice. So uh, there is no way to, uh, there is no, nothing to, uh, to, uh, to say about that. Like uh, the more you do it together, then the more you will find uh, the right uh, tone and also the right pronunciation. Some of you have uh, already a good uh, voice, so you can, if you are not sure, you can listen to the group and you can, say, you, you, you can listen also to those who, who feel uh, 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 confident in, in the chanting and then to say, okay, now this is, a, that's a good, uh, this is probably the good intonation. Not the intonation is not so important, but as a group, to do the same intonation will be better. We will not uh, give you a course on music and no, the, you, you won't have anyone beating the measure in front of you, don't worry. <laughs> but a few clues about uh, the, 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 the word, like when you are, if you take the, 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 the sheet, for those who are not familiar with the Pali, just know that uh, the, when there is a, uh, a bar, how to say, on like the A on top of the letter, if there is a, a mark, how do you call it? A mark? Yes, a bar. Like on the A, there is a long, there is a bar. A long. So that means the letter under that is a lo is long. It is a long. So it's like the double, like damanu, imaya. So this is a long letter. And then uh, you can remember also that all the the O. Is also a long letter, so you will say uh, yes. All the O, you know, well, it's supposed to be long, and also the E also is always long. Sabe satta, but you should see, you should not uh, uh, emphasize it, emphasize it too much. But just know that uh, those letters are pronounced uh, normally long. And the dot also on the on the letter on top of the letter means it is short. It is a short uh, uh, letter. It has to it has uh, it has to be cut. So I think that that covers the the chanting. There is one in knowing and seeing. Sayado says materiality change billions of times per second, and mentally cha mentality change even faster. Can you see this if you develop jhana? So the point also we have to remind remember is that uh, sometimes in Asia the 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 numbers are 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 sometimes a little bit disproportionate. So millions or billions, that means a lot. So uh, don't, don't, don't try to count them, you will, you will, you will turn nuts. Eh? 
<laughs> so the question actually is, can you see this if you develop jhana? So uh, in some texts they say, I don't remember, I can't find the reference, but uh, in some texts they say that, that there are some things that are very difficult to understand with the rational mind, with, uh, with the normal mind. Like uh, if we try to understand those points, it's, uh, it, it will drive us uh, crazy. So one of them is about karma. If you try to understand all the, con the karmic connections that uh, you have in your life or that other people have, then uh, it's so complicated that uh, it might drive you crazy. And uh, another, another thing also that uh, it's not good to think about or try to figure out is the, is the what is happening, in, not what is happening, but what is the, uh, the, 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 the range of a, of a mind that is in jhana. So uh, what, is the what are the possibilities and of, of that type of consciousness. So we can say that like, definitely the consciousness is changing. So it's a type of altered, altered consciousness. And uh, what this type of consciousness can bring, uh, when you experience, you will see what effect, what effect it gives to your mind, the, the depth of the clarity that it can bring to your mind, and also the, 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 the difference uh, of perspective that it gives you on, on reality. By, your meditation, you will see what it, uh, what it can bring uh, as an effect. So, one of the effects that you will see that is that uh, your, your perception of things will change, and uh, the, the perception that you have of the normal, uh, of what you perceive normally, will be uh, deeper and deeper. And uh, then, then, uh, then, so when you develop the jhana, then it's possible to, uh, to see those changes. It is possible. And actually, the emphasis that the Sadhu is giving with this teaching is that uh, he, that's why the jhana, or that's why the samadhi is very important in this approach. Because uh, without samadhi, you are not able to, uh, to see uh, as detailed as he wants you to see. And his method, the, adva the advantage of uh, the method that he is presenting is that uh, it brings us to a depth uh, of uh, details and a depth of understanding that to come to, to arrive to, a very strong, uh, powerful uh, concentration is needed. Like the strong microscope, you know. So Samadhi is providing that type of uh, uh, strengthening of your mind. So, uh, by, the, by emphasizing the, the, the jhana, by emphasizing samadhi, then he also wants people to, uh, to see uh, uh, very, very uh, detailed, minute aspects of uh, the mentality, uh, consciousness, and uh, very minute aspects also of the materiality. Now another question is, uh, why must Samadhi and Vipassana be direct experience, but not Sila? That seems the most important to know firsthand. So, as I say, if you don't understand what I am saying, you please ask me to repeat. And, uh, but I thought, you know, that the, the, the first time that I try to talk is that uh, I said, that the Dhamma is beautiful at the beginning, in the middle, 
and in the end. And I said that the first result that we are getting, and that even if you are not getting further result than that, then it can be sufficient to feel very contented. And what was the result I spoke about? Is the, is the, the, the peace of consciousness, the blamelessness that someone is having by observing sila. So just the fact of committing ourselves to a, a code of fitik brings a quality of peace. So that peace is something that we have to experience. And uh, it's a direct experience. And it's a result very uh, obvious to, uh, to all of us when we, uh, when, we do, when we do it. When we observe the precept and we know now <laughs> I'm just trying my best not to harm anyone and to try to, uh, to live a pure life with uh, good actions and, and uh, good words also. So we are very peaceful just, uh, just with that. And the advantages are the, the, the common one that they say is that uh, you, you get the blamelessness, uh, non-remorse. So that's the advantage of, uh, of Sira. There is a nice, actually, a nice passage. I didn't bring the text, but uh, in a few passages from the Pali Canons, you, f- you find what is the advantage of Sila, and it starts with non-remorse. So we don't have remorse. We have a peaceful mind. Uh, consciousness is, 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 uh, is at peace with itself. And then that type of uh, contentment, that type of ease, that we get from the purity of consciousness brings happiness. And then from the happiness, there is joy. And then when, when the mind is joyful, the mind also gets more concentrated. And uh, then uh, with a concentrated mind, then you, did, you, you develop uh, clarity of perception and knowledge uh, becomes uh, deeper and deeper. So there is a gradual uh, development from the very first fact of observing sila. So sila has a lot of uh, benefit. Some other benefits also can be seen by uh, uh, the confidence that someone will have if the person is observing sila. So when it comes to a, to a group of people, or then there will be no fear, and uh, the confidence in, 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 in ourself becomes much stronger. And also, um, uh, then it's much more easy to, to succeed in life. We don't lose, uh, if we have things, the mind is clear, so the actions are clear. So there is much less a chance for our life to go down and uh, to, uh, you know, to, 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 to go into bad business or, or to end up in trouble because everything is clear. So we are attracting also uh, clear, clear things. So. Uh, this is all the advantage. So we cannot, uh, sila is very uh, fundamental to the practice. What happened also is that uh, uh, in Buddhism, they start when they talk about the teaching, there is an order of teaching. So they say that uh, you have the desana kama in Pali, and that means the order of teaching. And this will start with the samaditi, that is right understanding. So we start by understanding what we do, what we have to do, what it's all about. So it's all about uh, understanding the whole process of the Eightfold Noble Path. And then it goes down, and then, and then we, 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 we practice it. 
with the Sierra and Samadhi and Panya. So sometimes also, like uh, especially in the West, that uh, people are not uh, necessarily accustomed to Buddhism, so they come from different backgrounds and uh, they start directly with the meditation. So their Sila is not necessarily very clean. But the fact of uh, starting to meditate uh, brings more clarity of mind. And then we see the effect of our Sila. So we see that we cannot separate the meditation from the life. And then, with, uh, with that clarity of, uh, of mind, then we decide, oh, I should change my actions when I go back. Then uh, I will try to behave in a more suitable way and, uh, and then improve myself and not, to not do things that I used to do. Or so by first starting with the Samadhi or the practice of meditation, then we change the Sila. So we don't start, it, it doesn't start necessarily with sila, but with the meditation we, we change the sila, and then also uh, with the sila we can change the, we can improve the meditation. But normally it starts, if we start with understanding, first of all we understand that uh, we need to understand the sila, that the sila is, is, is the base, the sila is the foundation for the whole practice, because if we are just meditating and not changing our way of life, then, uh, well, it's a little bit useless. Hmm? But also if we know that uh, uh, by changing our life and also if we know that uh, the practice of Dhamma is not disconnected from our life, then we make our life uh, the Dhamma. But life is, uh, life, is, uh, life is doing, life is action, like life is, uh, is Sila actually. And Sila, but connect, it's all connected together. It's all connected together. So we cannot separate uh, all of them. Another question is, uh, Buddhism seems to be entirely anthropocentric. How does it uh, cross over with types of uh, shamanism or other practices that go beyond the human realm? So, do you know, uh, all of you, you know what is uh, anthropocentric? Or I should read the the precise... uh, Definition from the dictionary. So just I will clarify. So the dictionary says anthropocentric means the human beings regard themselves most significant entities in the universe. Or it is the assessment of reality through an exclusively human perspective. So we, I can say that uh, we, we cannot say that, uh, that Buddhism is entirely anthropocentric. Anthropocentric. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't think also it is uh, even partially anthropocentric. It's quite big, the, the, the perspective that uh, Buddhism is having on the world. And uh, I was uh, reading some time ago, you know, uh, the, the, the comments by the Rice Davis, Mrs. Rice Davis, those, are, those were the, 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 the first pioneers from the West to be in contact with Buddhism and all the values and, uh, you know, and trying to, to bring that to the West. So the lady was saying, oh, the cosmology of India is so vast. And also all what, Buddhism, all what Buddhism brings together with, uh, with that philosophy 
is a little bit too much for the West. So what should we do? So actually, it is the process is being done by itself. We are so rational that we don't even know that Buddhism includes a, a lot of uh, of things. It includes the whole universe. So, for example, the planes of existence, and uh, you have many. We will see that later. But uh, as a cosmology, uh, as a perspective, as a perspective of, of cosmology, it, it is huge. And a human being in that cosmos is not the center of it. You have many planes, many uh, uh, levels of, uh, of existence that are also given importance. They are not neglected at all. The only thing, like you have the animals, just a brief uh, resume for reminder, you have the animals and also you have the gods and uh, all kinds of gods and also all kinds of uh, spirits and uh, uh, other aspects that are not seen by our uh, normal eyes. So Buddhism does not uh, deny those things. But uh, human existence is, uh, is very precious because this is the, the plane of existence where normally a Buddha will come and attain enlightenment because it is in between the too much uh, pleasure and, and, and enjoyment and peace and bliss and the other extreme of too much pain. Like uh, animal realm is a really a torture or hell. You know, the, the, those who are born in hell, they are just suffering all the time. So when you are in such a condition, you, you, you are not able to... Uh, uh, to, to, to understand uh, many aspects of life because you are overwhelmed with pleasure or overwhelmed with, uh, with suffering. So human existence or the, 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 the life on the, on the human plane is very valuable. Also, uh, is how does it cross over with types of uh, shamanism or other practice that go uh, beyond the human realm? So, uh, when I will just give you an example that uh, that came to my mind is that uh, I have a friend in Canada and uh, he is a health professional and he is. Uh, he has become a monk for a couple of years now, and he was telling me that uh, uh, his teacher, when he learned acupuncture in Canada, was a Burmese uh, person, a doctor from uh, Burma, and, uh, and uh, that person, when he grew up, uh, he learned a lot of meditation and all kinds of things from his, uh, from his family. And uh, so meditation was part of his life and he had very good practice of meditation. So he had developed very, uh, uh, very uh, special abilities with it. So uh, when he came to Canada, he was very friendly also with, uh, he became very friendly with uh, Native uh, American, the Native uh, people here. And uh, among them, he was very close also with the shamans of the tribes. So when they were meeting together, they were sharing uh, knowledge that, that, are, uh, that are in their field of uh, specialty. And uh, actually they were finding that there are many things that they can, uh, they can relate to each other because they know those realms. They can contact with uh, the, the spirits are existing, like shamanism is a, is a way to, uh, 
they incorporate uh, spirits uh, in their in their uh, perception. So the the communicator shaman used to be uh, uh, like an intermediary with between the human uh, beings and and the spirits. So anyway, uh, they had much in common, which means that the Buddhism, because that, that doctor is also a kind of Buddhist. Uh, that means that uh, Buddhism does not, uh, it's obvious that uh, uh, we don't limit ourselves only to the human realm. Also, you look in the any stories that are in the books, it just fully speaks about the devas, and uh, it speaks about the gods, it speaks about the animals, it speaks about the peta, the, 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 the what to say? The peta. The, Hungry ghosts and things like this, and just another, just a, 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 a funny remark, a funny thought that uh, that I, I give to you is that in Asia, uh, before they cut the tree, before they cut the tree in the forest, they will go to the tree, and then they have to pray and to say, okay, now please excuse me, sir, the the the, the deva, because the, the trees are often. Uh, they are habited by uh, by gods or go yes deities, so they need to ask the deities and to ask forgiveness also uh, before uh, cutting the tree because otherwise they will fall into they can fall in trouble. Sometimes the, the 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 tree deities is very powerful and can give trouble to to the person who is cutting the tree. So it is a it is a, a demand of uh, forgiveness for 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 breaking the house of the deity. But also, it's a, it's a warning that now, be careful. We are going to to put your house down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it happens. Like I know stories that uh, people climb in the tree and then they cut a branch of a big tree, you know, and then uh, and then they have an accident. So everyone, they say, not everyone, but even meditation meditation teachers, they will say, oh, it's because they didn't pray, they didn't ask the, the deity to to cut the tree before. Uh, before cutting the branch. Yeah. Also, the more we practice, also if we read books or if we come in contact with the practice practitioners of of other religions, then we see also what is in common, and we can understand a lot more about their. Uh, spiritual uh, practices because we have practiced ourselves so we see that there is a there is a connection between uh, you know between all the spiritual achievements of humanity and by making it clearer in our uh, uh, practice then it becomes clearer when when we read or when we talk uh, to others uh, of other faiths and then we can see the parallel very easily because it's all the like the practice of samatha is uh, is is available in all the religions, you know, so we can find those practices in uh, also uh, in other countries and everywhere. But uh, the practice of, of vipassana, however, is limited uh, to the Buddha's uh, to the to the Buddha's uh, teaching, unless you see it elsewhere. But uh, I don't know. So another one is, do you think Buddhism can evolve into a meditation with finding joy and rapture and focus with your eyes open with other beings 
plants and spirits. So definitely, uh, Buddhism cannot evolve in that uh, way because it's there already. So in Buddhism, you can meditate with finding joy and rapture and focus with your eyes open with uh, other beings, plants and uh, spirits. So with your eyes open, uh, it's possible to see uh, other beings, like if we are all other beings. Uh, so first, you can be sure that you see other uh, human beings. <laughs> and you can see the birds if you look carefully. Uh, you know, there's a lot in the forest. <laughs> and uh, all the uh, types of animals. And the plants, well, <coughs> the plants also, the trees also are there in plenty. And uh, for the spirits, then you, 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 you can wait a little bit and uh, eventually, <laughs> eventually it may happen, you know. But it's not so important. Mm. Also, they say, they say here, they ask, uh, and this is what I hope for. Well, it, the hope is there, but I think, like, uh, related to the spirits, we, we, it may come or it may not come, but uh, it's part of the way that uh, the more uh, our perceptions uh, become, the more uh, also uh, what we see uh, become uh, more subtle. So in uh, many cases, actually, people are able to see uh, things that, that, uh, that uh, a normal person will think that it's uh, impossible to see. But this is not so important. If you give uh, importance only to the supernatural, then you will be missing the natural. So don't be bored with the natural. It's very uh, so natural also. It is very special. We don't need the Disneyland. And for example, like uh, so that person uh, can read uh, here. Th th there was a nice book written by Amy Smith, I think, uh, the biography of Deepama. And uh, she was a Deepama, was an Indian uh, lady that uh, grew up in in Burma and. Uh, she described her process, the path that uh, she went through the meditation. It's very inspiring to read that. And she came also to IMS uh, some times ago. And uh, she was a little bit of a mystic, like her, her experience was very uh, profound. And she could see those realms of existence. So uh, everywhere she was looking, she could see many things that, uh, that we would think uh, very unbelievable. unbelievable. So you can you can try to find that book if you like. Here a good question. Uh, please help me understand more on this issue. Whilst eating many defilements of craving and aversion arise through the act of uh, tasting. Is it better to mindfully recognize these or should the attention be turned to the in and out breaths? So what I, why I say that uh, it's a good question because uh, that's a good observation. If we are able to see the quality of our mind when we are doing things, then the big step of uh, progress towards meditation is, is achieved. Hmm? Because we can know the quality of our mind. So it's like the, the green light and the red light. So we are able to see, oh no, the, now the mind is going in that direction, or the mind is going into the uh, other direction. 
So the question is that uh, shall we continue to breathe in or to breathe out? The thing is that uh, the meditation of in-breath and out-breath, the meditation on mindfulness of breathing, uh, the more we practice it and also the, the more we keep continuity uh, by uh, doing the practice, the more we, we see that it cannot be dissociated with the mind. So the emotions that we have influence the breath. And the breath itself also influences the emotions. And uh, the breath is connected with the body also. So those three things uh, always to go together. But now we emphasize the breathing, the breathing, the breathing. But uh, uh, in the field of our, uh, in the scope of our awareness, the other things also are, are included. So if we are not in deep samadhi, uh, on the on a abstract on a concept or something like that, then those those things also will become obvious to, to us. So, uh, if when we are eating, for example, we are aware of uh, distracting thoughts or thoughts that are um, uh, really uh, disturbing, then just the fact of being aware of them will have them disappear, and also. Uh, We'll have us uh, not entertaining them. We'll have us not feeding those thoughts. Because normally we are not aware of that, and then we are eating, and then it just goes crazy. But if we are able to notice the, the activity of the mind, right or wrong, huh? the right activity or the wrong activities of the mind, when we are doing something, then by mindfully coming back to our object of awareness, then it helps us to, uh, uh, to settle down the mind. Huh? And the object of, by coming back to the object of our awareness, for example, the breath, then it doesn't mean that we are not aware of other things. Hmm? Like when we are not sitting, then we can also at the same time be aware of uh, other events. So we can continue uh, eating and, uh, uh, and then be... be be aware of uh, of our breath or being aware of the whole process of uh, of eating and then not entertaining those thoughts and those thoughts will disappear but if those thoughts are really strong and they really take up your mind then especially here this is uh, all the all this the, the compound is a, is a meditative area so also we have time so we can just stop, you know, and then you see, to just to see what's the problem now, you know. The, the mind is, gets very agitated with desire or with aversion, and so, uh, especially when eating, uh, it is very important because, uh, uh, because, uh, like when we are eating, do you know that the, the scientific, they, they, they found out that uh, uh, the time of eating, at the time of eating, it's a time that the mind is the most active, and the mind, the mind is very, uh, the brain, all the organism is uh, very active. Because, and also, it's a time that we can learn a lot. We can, we not learn a lot, but uh, uh, remember the the, the 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 input of uh, of our senses when when we are eating, because the the instinct is has to make us remember where we got the food from. So the instinct of survival, when we are eating, stimulate the memory so that we can go back and, and feed again if, uh, if, uh, if we are hungry or if we need to, to support the body. So uh, 
never eat uh, in front of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you find if you find that uh, the mind is very uh, in a kind of disturbing emotions, then because we have time, just just stop for a while, just stop for for a few seconds or even one minute or a few minutes, and then just come back to your breathing and to say, okay, now oh, there is no hurry, because if you feed at the same time, then then it's not very good. So you say there is no hurry, and uh, and then you come back to your. I mean, you just become aware of where you are and uh, and calm down a little bit, either by being attention of your uh, physical position or also coming back to the breath. Mm? So you come back to the breath, and then you see, okay, now it's here. And then, but just by coming back to the breath, then all these excitements uh, will go down, and then you will start to enjoy your food again. Because actually, we don't enjoy the food when the mind is agitated, either with desire or craving. We are missing everything. We are just projecting. Uh, uh, we are just uh, projecting uh, other things. And uh, uh, also, like a, uh, the dilemma will arise also in some of you. Like okay, now they say to observe the breathing and then uh, to do uh, my work together. This is impossible. Actually, this is true. It's almost impossible to be completely absorbed in the breath and then at the same time doing a work. But the thing is that uh, it's not absolutely impossible. We don't want you to be absorbed in the breath, but just to be aware of the breathing as such and then just be connected with that with that living organism that you are carrying. Uh, all the time in these activities, and especially with the breath. So uh, it's not impossible, like uh, uh, it's possible for us to, to drive a car and then to look on the road. Mm? So we are doing two, two things at the same time. We can look and then also drive and change the gears, and, and we can also talk. But we, we are not, we are, we are not uh, missing uh, the activity, we are not missing what is in front. So in case there is somebody on the road, then we can stop. Hmm? So the same thing, if we have uh, defilements, also we can stop. Stopping actually, uh, stopping when there is, uh, stopping the position, stopping the, the, the activities when we are very disturbed can be uh, very helpful. There are some meditations uh, like that. And uh, in the old days also, uh, the monks, the, the, some of them were practicing in that way. So when they were going out in the village, uh, they will take the, de the determination that if uh, disturbing thoughts will arise, then they will just stop and just stop. Mm. So they will they will go around, and uh, if emotions, strong emotions or negative uh, thinking will come and dr drive them away from their meditation subject, they will just stop and stand for a few minutes until that calms down, and then when. Uh, it will it will calm down. Then they will be able to come back also to to put their mind again back to their initial uh, meditation subject, and then continue on their on their uh, on their walk. So. Here, uh, what is the difference in the knowing and seeing of the Nibbana element of the first path and fruitions as compared to the third path, for example? Is it only a glimpse of the first path? So the thing is that uh, 
the path itself is uh, is seeing the four noble truths. So nibbana is connected with the four noble truths, and it deals with the the third one that is niroda, dukkha niroda. So uh, you have two types of of third noble truth that relates to the the cessation of suffering. And it's uh, the, the mundane type of uh, cessation of suffering, and then also the supramundane type of uh, cessation of suffering. So when you see, when you practice with vipassana or with some kind of insight, then it's still the mundane uh, experience of niroda when it comes to to seeing cessation. You are still on a worldly level, but. Uh, when you realize the first path or the, f- the, the fruition of the, f- of the first path, then the mind is uh, another state of uh, in another uh, plane. Not in another plane, but uh, it's another type of consciousness and it's an onwardly uh, type of consciousness. Lokuttara, uh, it's a Lokuttara Chitta. And the first one is a Lokya, a worldly and onwardly. So in the onwardly uh, type of consciousness, the object of the consciousness is Nibbana. So Nibbana will always be the same, but uh, the consciousness of somebody who is a Sotapanna, the consciousness of somebody who experienced the path and fruition for the first time is, uh, will be different than the, than the one who is experiencing the second path or the third path or the fourth path in the sense that uh, his understanding of the Four Noble Truths will be deeper and also the eradication of the defilements will also be uh, deeper, it will be more. So it's a subjective difference, not the objective, the object is always the same. And uh, the example that is given for that is that uh, if suppose you are crossing a stream in a boat and then you see the other shore when you have just started to cross the stream, let's say you are you have started and uh, and then you are twenty percent on the way, so you look at the shore over there and then it's uh, it's some miles away. So this is the first pa- the first path it, it is like that, and then then the further you cross the the stream, then the f- the the more you reach the, the other shore. So when you are in the mod- in the middle, then you see uh, fifty more. You, you see 50% uh, closer to the other path, and then 80%, and then when you are uh, on the other shore, then you fully uh, see and realize the, uh, the other shore, that is Nibbana. So this is the difference with, uh, with, uh, with the different path knowledge. So if a layman or woman attains the fourth path and fruitions, must he or she ordain within seven days? Or can one wait for, say, one year? Or, uh, or I don't know. I really don't know why you are so worried about ordaining. <laughs> it's not a big deal. And the thing, I think uh, the, the, the point that they say in the text that somebody will ordain, it's mostly that... Uh, you, the defilement you you can't stay in a dif- in a, in an environment where where you will feel the, the 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 defilements that's mostly the the meaning of it so uh, i don't think you should worry about that and when it comes then you let me know
Here is, uh, can you discuss the role of relaxation in uh, gaining access uh, concentration? So there is, a, there is the importance of relaxation in gaining uh, meditation, in gaining progress or way towards a concentration. And also, when someone has gained concentration also, there is an effect of uh, relaxation. So the quality of the mind and also the, the, the effect that it has on the body is, uh, is one of ease and also one of uh, comfort and one of harmony, one of uh, well-being. So, um, like in the Abhidhamma, the qualities that uh, are referred to uh, in relation to the material, uh, in relation to the, to the physical body, is that uh, the materiality is buddhutta, uh, like the, there is a malleability of uh, materiality, buddhutta. And uh, then there is the flexibility or uh, agility, lightness, lightness. And then there is the wild wildness. We wield. Is it not really? Huh? So here they say the lightness of materiality. Rupasa lauta, and then rupasa uh, muduta. That is the malleability and the wildness. The wildness of materiality. Rupasa kamanyata. So that means. Uh, the, the, the causes for, for that type of, uh, of uh, effect on the materiality are three types of causes. So because it can be because of the food, it can be because of the temperature, but, but mostly uh, it's because of the consciousness. So it is the effect of the, uh, of the pure consciousness that, that is affecting the body. So the more we get concentrated, the more the mind is becoming pure. And the more the mind is becoming pure and light and uh, concentrated, also it is affecting the body to the extent that sometimes people will fly. Uh, but, but also it is affecting the, 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 the tension that we may have. So uh, everything becomes lighter and uh, even the tensions or sometimes the injuries that, uh, that you may have, they will still be there but they will not bother uh, your mind so much. So they will not create ma ma major uh, tensions. So at the result, when somebody has uh, achieved concentration, a good deal of concentration, then uh, the, the, the body is uh, very uh, agile and flexible and not, uh, not tense. So it's very relaxed. It's not too relaxed. You know, it's very relaxed. So also, if we start the meditation, then also if we are relaxed, it is much better. Not relaxed too much in the, in the way that uh, we'll fall asleep or that uh, we will be uh, so sloppy that uh, everything will fall down. But relaxed in the sense of uh, everything is balanced and uh, we are fine and uh, we don't force, you know, there is no extra uh, need for, uh, uh, for putting the body together. Here is, uh, is it possible to have wrong jhana? There have been uh, spiritual teachers in other traditions who also attain a deep concentration. Some of these have uh, not very good sila. Please comment. So, it is possible to have wrong jhana. Sometimes I, I didn't find the reference, but in the text they speak about the wrong sama. There are uh, a lot of... Uh, uh, there are 
definitions of wrong aspects of the path, like the wrong uh, livelihood and then wrong, uh, wrong effort and the wrong uh, speech and everything. But also there is a wrong samadhi. And also sometimes we can, f we, we can see the wrong jhana. So if somebody is pursuing, if, if somebody is, a, is a running after sensual pleasure, for example, then he can get some type of, uh, of concentration, but this is the wrong. They sometimes in the text they say this is the wrong jhana, referring to someone uh, looking for a sense pleasure. If someone doesn't have a good morality, it's also possible that, uh, that the person will have uh, some kind of concentration. This is uh, very possible. But uh, it may not be as deep as, the if, the, as if the person is having a good, uh, good sinner. So the characteristic, one characteristic of, uh, of the practice in, in Buddhism is that all the factors of the path have to be included when, uh, when we develop samadhi. So sila has to be there and all the other factors, that is uh, understanding also uh, have to be there. So if it's not there, uh, understanding that is wisdom and uh, rightly, uh, seeing rightly and knowing what we are doing and if the base uh, of sila is not there, uh, it's not complete although it's possible to get uh, some kind of uh, good concentration. An hour and a half is a long time for me. By 60 minutes, talking about the group meditation, uh, my body aches and my mind gets restless. How can that last 30 minutes how can that last 30 minutes be useful instead of uh, just torture? So you can, if it is too much, then uh, one and a half hour, then you can divide it in two. So when you start to feel tired and uh, you see that the mind is not uh, concentrated so much, and so you just relax. When you just relax, if you like, you can open your eyes and change your position. Huh? And then for a few minutes, you, you just make yourself at ease. And, and Make yourself at ease. And the point with uh, not changing the posture, not changing uh, the, the sitting from the all is that uh, you will disturb uh, other people. Don't worry too much about uh, changing your position. If you are careful, then it's not, even if you make a little bit of noise, it's not the end of the world. Um, so so you, can, you can alternate, just divide your, your session in two and uh, and then when you start again, you will see that the mind is getting concentrated, uh, you know, again. But just take a, uh, take a break, Menta mentally and physically. Is it okay to wear a towel or a clock uh, around the eyes to see the nimitta better? Uh, yes, in some cases it's uh, it is okay when the light is when the uh, when the light of the outside light is too disturbing or if you find that uh, some lights are disturbing, then some people they like to wear uh, to wear something around the eyes. Some uh, the sadhu also uh, sometimes uh, prescribe that to some students who have who have uh, difficulty to uh, to cope and to difference within, between the nimitta and the external, external light. Also reg regarding the group sitting, uh, I, w I need to say that uh, 
Uh, although you can change your position during the group sitting, then it, it is more advisable because the, 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 the floor is very noisy when we walk on. It is more advisable that uh, once we have come in and to try to come at the right time and uh, once we are here, try to stay for the all sitting because and also if you have to leave like we don't if you if you have something to do outside then you can go quietly but uh, uh, just try to, to to finish your meditation somewhere else because again when you are coming back uh, some people are, are very sensitive to the sound so I think that was also the questions if you have any uh, other questions that are popping in your mind, you can uh, you can ask. I think there was some another question, another question that I, f I don't find. Maybe I, I misplaced, I misplaced, uh, I misplaced the, the paper. One question was related to the nimitta, and uh, they say uh, if the nimitta appears between the eyes, uh, shall we shall we look at it? The thing is, that it's very good if the nimitta appears. Uh, it is a very good sign, and if it if it is appear in some cases, it may appear it may appear around the, the eyebrows. So it's not a big uh, it's not a big issue, but uh, in our tradition, in the according to the, the commentaries of the Visuddhimagga, then the the, the the nimitta has to appear around the, the entrance of the of the nostril. So uh, you can just bring it down slowly and then get it connected with the with the breath itself. We'll just try to find that question. Okay, so there, there is another question about uh, distracting thoughts. If uh, we have any suggestions for letting go of the distracting thoughts, so I would like to talk about that uh, on Saturday. So, yeah. There were a few. Anyway, you if uh, if you are not satisfied, if you, you still have something on the mind. Uh, you can write that and we, we will have plenty of time to discuss about that. If you are not tired, then I can go into another one or two questions that I remember. Do you want to continue? Yes. yes. So there was a question related to vegetarianism. Should the teachers or should the, the meditators be vegetarian or not? Mm? So it's really a question, it's, it's really a personal question and a, a question uh, related to the motivation. So what is the motivation when we are eating? What is the quality of our mind? This is much more important. What is our attitude toward the food? That's very important. So in Buddhism, they did not... Uh, Buddha at a certain point, if you probably you know the, the, the story, but uh, at a certain point he was requested by one of his, of his, of his disciples, uh, Devata, that uh, 
uh, he suggested that all the monks community uh, should become vegetarian and the Buddha said no no we cannot do like that so it's the personal uh, it's a personal it's a personal choice and the rules of the monks also does not forbid to eat uh, meat except a few types of meat which I don't remember I think the horse you cannot eat uh, horse horses and things like this you know probably crocodile also is not allowed but uh, it's not it's not forbidden in some cases also like if it is related to medical issues there is a story in the vinaya where uh, a monk was advised by his uh, medical uh, uh, advisor uh, medical his doctor that uh, he was getting weak or some kinds of disease and he should eat uh, chicken uh, soup or something like that and then he had he made he was allowed by the Buddha because it was a medical advice. So, uh, if you can be vegetarian, especially in a in a in a meditation retreat, then it's much better because uh, uh, intention are pure, related to uh, to killing animals, but also uh, you are not involved into uh, into uh, into encouraging the killing. But uh, if medical needed. Mean needs are there, then then you 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 do as a, as you can. So if you are not directly involved with the killing, it is okay. It is just meat, and it's just uh, yes, it is just it is just the food. And the point is that uh, is that we are all different. So our organism are different. So some people can can accommodate very well with vegetarianism. It depends on of the blood uh, class. Also, you have different class of uh, of blood, and some blood can do very w- not bad with the vegetarianism. But some type of blood uh, get very easily uh, anemia and all kinds of uh, side effects that are that can e- even be dangerous and can affect the, the 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 life itself and affect the brain and affect all your uh, all your organism. So, in case of medical needs, uh, it is uh, it is. It is suggested that uh, the proper diet uh, be considered. So I don't think we should make a too big deal out of that if we are careful about our motivation. Also, uh, just about killing and things like this, about the importance of morality. So if we are not convinced about the, about the usefulness of practicing the morality, the precepts, then just try to do, to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Just try to do the, the opposite. The wild turkey here, they are very easy to catch. <laughs> so one day we can, I mean, I will, will not, but suppose we are to catch one, then we ask you, okay, now you have to kill the, the turkey. And then uh, whether with a knife or with a baseball bat, manage to kill the turkey and then you go to sit and see see how you feel and or another thing you just uh, <laughs> you, ju- you just uh, you just steal something that is, that is really valuable to another person here not just for fun you know just steal just steal the nice golden watch that the guy is really attached to just to see <laughs> how, how, how much he will suffer <laughs> But uh, as much as if you steal the, the, the watch, for example, as long as you have the watch or you think about that, you will, you will just get so excited with, uh, with this that uh, your meditation is not going to be uh, very successful. 
because of the agitation that is produced from uh, breaking and harming another, disturbing uh, uh, another person. Also, the same thing with the speech. If we are not able, if we are not telling the truth, then if we are lying to others, that means we are able to lie to ourselves. So when we, we, we meditate and then we, the, the lie is coming, it's just, it's uh, difficult to, uh, if, we are, if we are aware, if our purpose is to, uh, is to uh, develop the understanding and, and uh, clarity, uh, untruth, untruthfulness is very uh, difficult to bear. Of course, you have people who can blindly uh, not observe any kind of uh, sila and be and seems and seem to be uh, uh, without any remorse and reproach. They sound, they, they, they sleep easily, but they, they, they do they cheat everyone in the day and do very nasty things. But for them, they, they can ju- they can just uh, cut it off. But actually, uh, it, the reason is that. Uh, they are not. They are not seeing their own mind, so they don't really see the the, 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 the real side effects. So when we are meditating, uh, we see the effect of sila. We see also the importance of the sila. for today. If I remember the other questions, I will find them. I forgot them somewhere. So next week we will uh, we will find some time. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.